Well, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at a God who never changes. Uh, never, ever changes. Just as he moved in lives and the people in the past. And so when we open up our, our Bibles and we, we see God at work and we go, I wish God would, would be that God today. Well, he is. He is that God today. Um, and he, cause he moves in the lives of people today. And in this series so far, we've actually looked at, been looking at how he moves and how we can experience. And we've, we've looked at the fact that God is always speaking. God is actually actively speaking in our world and, and speaking to us in different ways as well. Last week, we looked at God is always hearing and how we can come before God and, and, and all of a sudden remove the barriers that so often sort of build up in our lives and God is able to, is, 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 is hearing us and hearing our needs. But the thing is, I suppose as we come today, there's, a, there's depending on what type of personality you have and depending on, I suppose maybe your experience as well, today's message may come across a little bit different. Let me give an example. If you're someone who is maybe a little bit nervous by nature, and, and, and so when I say God always sees, straight away you get a bit of anxiety. Now, maybe you're not nervous. Maybe you're someone who is regularly guilty because there are things that you keep doing wrong. Like I can look out here and I can start looking at people and people are looking down, people are smiling, thinking about all the things that God would be watching them do. And it's like, it's like watching your children at time because sometimes I'll look at my kids and you'll see them do something amazing and go, oh, that, that's a real blessing. Like it's, oh, they've shared that or they've done that or they've helped out in such a way. And the next day you see them sneaking chocolates from the fridge. And so both things are true. And so like I'm not God, I don't see all those things, but God sees the delightful things that are happening in our lives. He also sees, sees the things that we get up to, but he also then sees the problems that we're in. He doesn't miss those. So when we go and pray, it's not like God needs an update. God, you didn't see what happened today. Let me tell you about my day. Now, God wants to hear from us and about our day, but God is not surprised by that. But I suppose this is the question that maybe a thought that goes through our heads, knowing what happens in our lives at times, we think, God, do you care? Maybe it's a trouble or trial that you are in. Some losses are adding up in your life and you can't seem to catch a break. Or maybe you're looking around at work and, and while you are working hard trying to honour the Lord, it's a person that cuts corners that and kisses up and doesn't honour God that all of a sudden they, they get the promotion, they get the raise. Or maybe it's just the evil in our world. We read the news every morning of senseless murders, people being taken advantage of, lives lost due to a tragedy of some kind. And the question we ask God, are you, are you seeing this? Well, that's why the, the Christians, uh, what the Christians Peter was writing to in, in Asia Minor, modern, which is modern day Turkey, were asking. Here they are living in an intense persecution. We don't have intense persecution. We may be made fun of. The media is, is, is really not in favor of Christians. Politics is kind of not going our way either. But we don't really know true persecution. Like, I, I've got Bibles galore in my home, on my phone, on my tablet. I have access to pray. We have access to meet here. And so these Christians were facing intense persecution. They were being abused. They were being discriminated against, taken advantage of, and some dying for their faith. 
that doesn't happen to us. Not yet, maybe in the future, but not yet, not now. And Peter wrote to encourage these believers to keep their trust in Jesus, to put their hope in him. And he reminds them that God still sees and cares about them. We see them in, the, in that passage that Bert read, there was the, the mighty hand of God was mentioned. He said, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And then he said, same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. He said, hey, what you're feeling right now, what you are going through, you're not alone in that. And then he finishes off, he says, he says, and the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, to him be dominion forever and ever. Peter was trying to strongly encourage them. And today I want to look at four truths about the fact that God sees. First of all, God sees what we do. This is what I suppose we're open with today. And for some of us, that's a worrying thought. Some of that is a reassuring thought. Some of that, depending on our day, is a bit of both, like um, because God sees what we do. Psalm 33, 13 to 15 says, The Lord looks down from the heaven, he sees all the children of man. And from where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of men and observes all their deeds. Maybe you're wondering, what is God doing while he's sitting there, while looking out over all of his creation? Well, he's observing all our deeds. Again, we see in the Proverbs um, 5.21, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his paths. So do you know when you're confused about which way to go in life, and you go, God, are you, are you watching? God, are you answering my prayer? God is totally aware of the steps that we are taking. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on evil and the good. But the Bible says he's looking for those who are faithful to him. We see this in Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose hearts is blameless towards him. And even we recall the words of Jesus in Matthew 6.6. 6, but when you pray, go into a room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. He would teach later in that in, in Matthew 25 about the eternal rewards when you feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit the sick and in prison. And, and we see that parable played out where, where one sort of says, oh, Lord, where, where were you in those times? And God is, is, is sees those moments. God notices. If you do these things and don't think anyone notices, remember God does. And that, I think just on a side point, that's why it becomes so important that we live unto honoring him we can live to make our lives look good on facebook we can live to impress people around us we can come to church and sort of go hey my life's all together but we live in a way to actually honor god and god sees truthfully we can pretend with anyone else in the world sometimes we get away with it sometimes we don't but the reality is god sees truthfully how our life is and he sees our actions and obedience and he will reward it. But as I said, God also sees our disobedience. We can't have one without the other. Well, we can if we stop the disobedience, but we can't have God see one without the other. Like God is like, if you stop disobeying, well, God won't see you disobeying. Like that's, that's a given. But if you want to sort of go, well, he won't see this. 
I'll just, I'll do it under the Bible. He won't get a thing. He won't see through the Bible or I'll like, oh, I'll go somewhere where God won't see me. Well, good luck with that. Um, it's not going to happen. But in Jeremiah sixteen seventeen, it says, for my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from me, nor is their iniquity concealed from my eyes. And we pick up straight away in Psalm 98. Um, you have set our iniquities, we, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. That, that does become one of those. Have you ever owned up to something that you did as a kid to either a teacher or a parent? And you found that your response to that teacher or parent or that authoritative figure is not, Hey, yeah, I did that. I'm really proud that I did that. No, we, we, we understand, normally we understand that we're in trouble at that point in time. And we know that we're caught. We're, we're, we're not trying to sort of explain it away. Maybe we, we try and put blame on, on siblings or, or they made me do it like Adam did to Eve. And, um, but the thing is, we, we know at that point in time, we are sort of, our sin is, is out there. You stole money from mum or, or you sped to the officer and you go, oh, did I really? Yes, you did. Here is the speed you did. And, and at that point, you are caught. And the thing is, it makes an awkward conversation, but it also makes a very awkward prayer. But even in its awkwardness, it's a necessary prayer to come before God and, and to know our sins are before him and then to say, God, forgive me of those sins. Let, let me repent of them. Let me turn away from them. Please may your grace flow through my life. Rather than pretending they're not there and trying to get back in, in good books with God in some other way. Nothing is getting past God. And what Peter wants the believers here in the midst of persecution to know is that God sees whether or not they are going to humble themselves in light of the suffering they are experiencing so that at the proper time, they will be exalted or are they going to stiffen their neck toward God for what he is allowing them to go through? Knowing God sees us should motivate us to stay the course. And he sees, he see, um, God sees what we do. But also, God sees what we, God sees what we do not. What I mean by that, there are things that are happening in and around our lives that at times we are not aware of at all. Remember, where God is positioned, he is ruling and reigning, sitting enthroned over all creation. This points to his sovereignty. He sees things differently than we do. And he has what I call a, a press box view of all life. Because of where God is positioned, he has a different perspective and he sees things we don't see. Are you waiting for God to deliver in a big way? God sees the delivery truck coming. We don't. You're waiting for that piece of mail to, to arrive in your mailbox. And one day comes and the next day comes. And God knows exactly where that piece of mail is. He knows which day it will arrive. God sees what we do not. God doesn't just see our obedience or disobedience, but he sees the very motives of our hearts. He sees why we obey or disobey. He sees the heart. Proverbs 21.2 says, Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Do you remember when Samuel was called to anoint the next king of Israel? 
He came before all of Jesse's sons and the first one came in and he was, he was tall. He was muscly. He was ready to go. And Samuel said, Oh, this must be him. And God said, No. And Samuel might have went, Oh, maybe the next brother in line has actually got a few more improved genes or something. Maybe he's bigger. Maybe he's stronger. But as every brother came through, they got younger, they got smaller. And Samuel's going, but God, I've seen some really good candidates here. And what does God say? Well, in Samuel 16:7, he says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on the appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. God sees what we do not. And, and it's a, this is a good thing. Remember that the... Last week we were talking about how we were, we came before God and, and God hears us. But anyone here ever had unanswered prayer? Anyone here can remember God not answering a prayer that turned out better with God's answer? Yeah, it happens. Sometimes I'm praying very specifically for something here and God gives me something way bigger and better. It might have been a month down the track, a year down the track. And at the time I'm praying, I'm praying earnestly saying, God, please answer my prayer. And that, that doubt sort of grabs your heart a little bit and you go, well, well, God, do you see what I'm going through? Do you see what's happening in my life? God, why don't you answer this? It's because God sees what we do not. Just imagine um, an air traffic control person like you know how you have anyone ever been stuck up in the sky in a plane when they're sort of you're almost there and then they move maneuver you around i remember a few years ago um i was actually heading to our national conference down in melbourne and i got to the airport on time like they t- i did everything right that i could do and straight away I said oh there's been some delays there's a fog in brisbane and i'm going awesome and then they said, that means you're not going to catch your flight. I'm going, less and less awesome. And, and all of a sudden, it made a very long day. But the thing was, even when we came in, when I got onto the flight, even when we came to Brisbane, we ended up circling multiple times. And here, I'm, I'm, I, I will admit, I'm getting a little bit less, in, less patient at this point in time. So I just want to get on the ground just in case that flight of mine hasn't left yet. And to make it even worse, when I got there and I walked off the plane, the plane that I was meant to hop on was outside there and people were walking on and I missed it by that much. And the thing is, but the thing is, while I'm waiting to get to the ground, all these air traffic controllers are in a room somewhere and they know where all the planes are. They know that this plane is going this way and this plane's going this way, but this plane's this high and this plane's this high. It's all good. They've got a totally different perspective and all I can see is the runway down there and I want to get there as soon as possible. And the air traffic controllers are going, well, no, not yet. You need to do another loop around here and you need to do another loop around there and you go that way and then we'll all, it'll all happen in a planned way. Well, that's how God works. God can see all those unknown things happening in our lives. Our seeing is limited. God's is not. And this should be one of the main reasons we worship him. John Piper said, God is always doing 10,000 things in your life, but you may only be aware of three of them. 
that that should be sort of give us a lot of assurance because at times we sort of we we do sit and wait for God to answer very specific things and we miss the things that we can be praising him for God sees everything, even when what we don't. Even he sees our adversary, the devil, prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour us. He sees what is really real, and that's the spiritual battle we are in. And Peter here is encouraging the believers in persecution not to get so fixated on the outward circumstances of their lives. Concentrating on all those who are physically opposing them. He's reminding them of who the battle is really against. And, and we look at the uh, words of Paul in Ephesians 6.12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Are you beginning to understand a bit more clearly why we desperately need God so much? Because he sees what we don't. And Peter tells the persecuted believers to stand firm in their faith with that idea. So God sees what we do. God sees what we don't. And thirdly, God sees what has us down. Sometimes we, we have a day that's a horrible day. We, we, we go home, put our head under the pillow. We go wake up in a brand new day tomorrow. For some of us, that might turn into a week. For some of that might become a month or a year and we go, we're stuck in this moment where we are down. And Peter, in 1 Peter, God is very aware of the believers and the suffering and the persecution they are going through. And again, it has not caught him by surprise. God sees. And I need you to understand this as well. God sees you right now. In the midst of your hurt and pain, in your struggle and hardship, in your confusion and tears, God sees you. This principle reminds me of the story in the Old Testament of Hagar. For those who don't know Hagar, Hagar was the servant of um, Sarah. And God had promised Abraham and Sarah that they were going to have a child who would be a blessing for all people. And, and the problem was... They weren't young at all. And so as the years went past and they pushed past their 70s into their 80s, all of a sudden they began to conceive a plan that would allow God to deliver on his promise. Have you ever done that? Try to sort of go, God, um, you promised this to me. I'm just going to help you out a bit, but I'm going to do it in a way that you may not want me to do. Well, that's exactly what Abraham did. And all of a sudden, um, basically, Hagar fell pregnant with Abraham's child. But having that child basically, I suppose, made Sarah bitter towards her and she treated her harshly. And so what did Hagar do? She runs into the desert to get away from Sarah and she is a broken woman. She is a servant and a servant who only did what she was told to do. She is tired. She is alone. And she has absolutely nothing and no one. And at that moment, an angel of the Lord appears and tells her to go back to submit to Abraham and Sarah. And the angel of the Lord promises her in, in this, that she will have a son. And listen, this is her response we see in Genesis sixteen thirteen. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are, 
a God of seeing. For you have truly here, and I have seen him who looks after me. God revealed himself to his people through his names. And right here we see his name is in Hebrew, Jehovah Roy, which means the God who sees me. Hey, I said, you are, you are the God of seeing. Truly here, I've seen him who looks after me. Can I, I tell you how much comfort and hope this should bring us? Again, God is aware of everything that's happening. What is weighing on your heart? Are there things that have hurt you recently? Is there secret sin in your life you're struggling with? Are the bills piling up and you don't know where the relief is going to come from? Is there addiction? Is there illness or injury? Is there death of a loved one? Whatever it is, listen to me, God sees and in his seeing, he cares. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. God, God is not a type of God that sees and, and laughs and mocks at our pain. He says, I want to take that burden from you. Pour it into me because I care for you. God sees every tear you shed. And this is that ultimate message of hope. And what is most hopeful for me? That Jesus himself will restore and confirm and strengthen and establish us because as we discover what God sees, God sees what we do, God sees what we don't, God sees what has us down. But the last truth I want to look at this morning is God sees what Jesus has done. When God looks down on us, he sees two categories of people. They are those who are in Christ and those who are not. And those who are in Christ, basically, he looks at them and all he sees is the work of Christ over their life. And this is why, like, following Jesus is not about fair or unfair. Because do you know what? You can be a good person who's done heaps of good things in life and still you are not good enough to enter heaven because there is sin in your life. Well, meanwhile, there can be someone who is the most horrific person but comes into uh, an experience with the Most High God and their life is transformed and all of a sudden God looks at them and he sees the work of Jesus on their life. It's the same for us. We don't come before God bragging about the good that we have done. We come before God and say, look at what Jesus has done in my life. And all of a sudden, the work and the effort that we put in is not to save ourselves, but is to walk with Jesus. Colossians 3, 3 and 4 says, For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. What does God see when he sees you? Does he see Christ due to you trusting in his sacrificial death on your behalf? Or does he see someone following in their own rule and reign? I do know this, that when God sees us, he sees the truth. Maybe you are sitting here today and you do not know that God is God in your life. 
you may not have that relationship with him and you maybe you've got some kind of idea of okay if there is a heaven I've got a bit of a plan that I've put together and I'll do some good things that will sort of outweigh my bad things and that will sort of at least put me on a, a good rapport with God maybe maybe he'll put me in the bad part of heaven like I'm just going to be over there and I'm going to be in the bad part of heaven like houses are smaller like that river of life that goes through heaven it floods occasionally no, no, no. Basically what happens is that we are under Christ and his work or we are under our own work which reveals our sin and our sin nature. And so today maybe you are needing to invite the God who sees into your life. Maybe you need to invite the God who sees to, to take control of your life again, knowing that he sees what you do not. Maybe you are holding on so tight trying to control things in your life and God is going, hey, let let it go. Trust me, I know what's coming next. I've got you in this moment and I know what's coming next. The thing is, knowing this truth, knowing that he sees me, he sees what I do not, he sees what gets me down and he sees the work of Jesus in my life. It gives me the great assurance, firstly, that he cares for me and that gives me great hope to face each and every day with a confidence and assurance that God is not surprised of what comes up in my life. God always sees And with this confidence, we can face every day, no matter what trials or challenge comes our way. Let's just take some time to pray this morning. Lord, as we come before you today and and we lift up our lives before you, we, we realize straight away that you see each of our hearts this morning. You see how where our, our minds are at, you see what <coughs> tomorrow may bring. You, you, you are aware of what you are going to be doing and, and, and in our lives and what we will be doing in our lives. And so, Lord, as we come to you today, may we take that hope on board that you see our lives in all their fullness and yet you love us fully. You see the work that we have allowed Jesus to do in our lives and encourage us to let him in more and more. And so I pray for those here today that are not in that right relationship with you, that need to come before you and accept Jesus into their lives. I pray for those who have walked away from you and and are, are sort of walking in their own strength, their own ability. May they stop and trust in in your work in their lives. I thank you that you see us. I thank you that you care. And I thank you for the great hope that we can hold on to because of this. And we pray this in your most mighty name. Amen. Amen.